Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here, as usual, with Dustin Jackson. Hi, Dustin. Mitch, I'm ready for some fun in the sun today. Sun's out, bun's out, you know what I'm saying? I nom. So, of course, this is Telling the Tale, the show where we're going to go through every single Telltale adventure game released during the time they were active. This week, we're covering Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures Episode 2, The Last Resort, originally released on PC on May 5th, 2009. Uh, This one was headed up by Joe Penny. We were talking in the last episode how uh, all of the Wallace and Gromit episodes were Hartsfeld, uh, or Hartzell, Penny, and Vanneman, and this one's the Penny one. Uh, Fun fact about this episode, this is the only one available on iOS, or at least it was. I don't believe that it is anymore. That's weird. I wonder why this is the only one. Yeah, only episode two. The the uh, episodes one, three, and four did not. They come didn't out even on do iOS. episode one. That's that's so. I have no idea what their line of thinking would be for it, for that. Yeah, because um, to say nothing of its quality, I don't feel like this is the episode you would show someone as an example of what this game could be. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I would maybe go more toward episode one on that. <laughs> I would maybe go towards the first one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the one that's designed to be an introduction. <laughs> um, the Last Resort is a Telltale game episode. Dustin, what do you feel about it? How do you feel? So, here are my thoughts on this episode. Yeah. I think it's a little all over the place, quality-wise. Okay. But I do think I enjoy it more than episode one. Yeah, so the thing with episode one is that I don't remember what happened in it. Ep- episode one is, it's kind of like Strong Bad, where it's a little more basic. There, It doesn't really feel like there's a theme or story. There is a story with the bees, but it just feels like this is us introducing you to Wallace and Gromit, so we're going to be a little more uh, surface level with it. Uh, meanwhile, this episode, like, has not only a theme, but it actually has some, uh, exciting set pieces, I would say. Like, some actual big events that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked this episode a fair amount, which I, I didn't think I would at first. I, I was a little worried at first. Uh, because I feel like it starts out on a not very high note. Well, I was actually gonna maybe posit the opposite there. Oh. Uh, and say that it ends and begins really strong and has with, a lot of weird, pools? like, wobbly stuff in the middle. Yeah, I think that's fair. When I say it starts out not very good, I'm not counting, like, the very first puzzle with the, the okay. whirlpool. Um, that part's good, but then the very next part... Um, so Wallace and Gromit, uh, they're going to go on vacation. They're going to go on holiday. Um in Blackpool, but it's a rainy day. Uh-oh. So they want to do an indoor holiday, an indoor resort. Um, so they need to get three things, which is sun, sand, and an umbrella. Uh, you know, all that's the typical things. Yeah, that's all you really need. Uh, they're men of simple pleasures. And yeah. this is the part of the episode that I didn't like. So here's here's just, like, right out the gate, you want sun, but you don't want it to be on you, so you want the umbrella. How about have neither and have the same result? Because <laughs> then what's? Because then it's not a vacation. <laughs> but, 
You gotta set the scene. I think the requirement of an umbrella is an admittance that you hate the requirement of the sun. No, so, but it's all it's all about setting the scene of the vacation. If if you don't have the sun or the umbrella, then you're just at home. That's true, but you are. Yeah, but you know, you can pretend like the sun is out and you need the umbrella. So, um the episode starts off like just before that with your mm-hmm. basement flooding and you do some stuff to sort of fix that um uh, and there's a moment where Wallace says, sorry, Gromit, we can't go to Blackpool because it's raining. And, uh, you know, why don't we bring the seaside inside? And I've written down on my notes, um, everything that's about to happen could have been avoided if we didn't do this. And <laughs> I didn't know it was about to happen because I don't remember these uh quite beat for beat but Mm -hmm. yeah this is this is sort of going back to that thing that i think you don't mind at all and i have a a sticking point with about wallace as an adventure game character (laughs) of like the problems you're solving feel bad if they're arbitrarily created by choices the the player does not have any say in yeah, but you, you want them to have fun. You want them to have a fun holiday. Yeah, well, he says, <laughs> unless we bring the seaside to us, and then what, uh, Gromit's like, oh no. And I'm like, yeah, Gromit chased that. That's true. <laughs> it's going to be bad. The, the I guess the trip with this episode is that it actually goes pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's not like that bad of a thing. It's not that bad that he's poured um thousands of gallons of sand, it seems like, into his <laughs> own basement. There's no plan on how to get rid of the sand. Yeah, he's he's going to regret this later, but for now it's great. There's going to be sand there for the rest of his life. Like you can't get <laughs> the sand out of there. That's not That's true. That's not a manageable amount of sand. Well, Wallace also doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be bothered by having a basement full of sand. I disagree. I think that (laughs) Wallace has, like, built huge inventions to solve much smaller problems. That's true. Well, maybe he'll build an invention to uh, atomize sand. Get it all out of here. So, um, yeah, you get the umbrella, you get the sun, uh, which is in the form of a lamp. Uh, a big old lamp that Mr. Paneer has, who he just lets you have it once you prove to him that it will rain and he won't have customers. Yeah, that's my big problem with this part is it's extremely easy. Yeah. And this is this is after the first puzzle. This would be like actually the time to get into the game. You've already done like the part with the basement flooding at the beginning. That's kind of your easy introduction puzzle for this uh-huh. episode. And so this feels like the part where it should start being like, okay, now we're going to ramp things up. But no, these are all insanely easy to get. Yeah, this episode's pretty weird in its structure. Mm-hmm. Because it's got like three bodies capped by a beginning sort of whatever puzzle and an ending sort of whatever cinematic boss battle kind of puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the three bodies of like, okay, here's the three things we need to get, uh, need to do. We need to get the umbrella, the sun, and the sand. And in Sam and Max, that would be the whole episode. Yeah. 
And in this, this is like, okay, that's chapter one. And they're also like, you just find them. You just find the umbrella. Uh, the umbrella was hilarious because new character Duncan McBiscuit, <laughs> who is, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but he might be a front runner for one of our segments later. <laughs> uh, he, he brings an umbrella to Felicity Flitt's house. And you just take it. That's how you get it. Well, you do have to convince them that that Thunder is on the way. But that's also so you don't even need to really do anything. Because after you go to town, you come back and Wallace gets his Cheese of the Week club order there. And you just look at it and uh, Wallace's stomach starts rumbling because he enjoys that cheese oh so much. And you just have to do that when they're listening for uh, the thunder. And it's so easy. You don't really have to do anything. Do you want to know something wild? What? You don't have to do that. What? You don't have to do that? What do you you have to do? You can just take the umbrella. You can just take the umbrella? Yep. Oh, weird. Yeah, I think that might be a glitch because what you're saying makes sense. But I just took the umbrella. (laughs) that's wow you just uh didn't even have to do a whole puzzle yep um and considering that the other two aspects the uh the sand and the sun are so easy it all it all wound up pretty fast (laughs) (laughs) uh so that that's body one body two is after he sets up this resort everyone in town everyone in the game uh, wants to hang out in Wallace's house because that sounds fun. And uh, <laughs> immediately people are cross, they're upset, they're not having the time of their lives, and it's up to you for some reason. Uh, you're, you're, like, given legal responsibility to make their lives better. Uh, you need to go through a checklist of every single person at the resort and you need to draw a smiley face on uh, their name next to the checklist when they are no longer upset. <laughs> yeah, this is also to be pretty fast. Person. Yeah, because a lot of these people are just already happy. They have to narrow it yeah. down to just like a handful of people. Felicity is happy. Um, Duncan McBiscuit is happy. And Major Crumb is already happy. Yeah, but even the the people who are already happy still play into uh, other puzzles in this segment, at least. Yeah, a bit. So you got uh, Constable Dibbins is the police guy. He uh, he needs uh, Felicity to take care of her puppies, who are named Tinky Woo and Podgy Wee. Um, or not, because they've said it differently every time. Poojie Woo and Tinky Wee are their actual names. Uh, Constable Dibbins just gets them wrong multiple times. It's not just him. It, it's everyone says it differently. Yeah, but I I think those are their actual canon names. Like those are the ones that are said the most. Poojie Woo and Tinky Wee. Yeah, those are the ones uh, Miss Flit says. So I sw- I could swear she said other things. No, I think she just says their name the same each time. I think it's uh, okay. just the others. Um, 
so Tinky Wee, Poojie Woo. Yeah, they're they're asshole demon dogs, and <laughs> they're upsetting the police. So you need to fix that. Um, because a cab, all cops are bothered by puppies. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about the class, the old saying. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you get her to fix that, that makes Constable Dibbins happy. Um, Mister Paneer's trying to make a sandcastle. Which is a, a great <laughs> character choice for him, I think. I think so, too. He's so into it. He's not just building cat. He has whole stories for these castles. Yeah, they're just like... It's like a four-bucket bucket castle. And he's like, yeah, so this is where the, the king goes to plan big meetings with uh, the, the the head of the military. And it's just like a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he could do better, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but you know, he 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 gets joy out of the simple things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need all these fancy bells and whistles. So Duncan's being a right asshole, and he's trying to every moment just stomp in Mister Paneer's sandcastle just because he can, <laughs> just because yeah. he feels like it should happen. He's like, this is not a thing that needs to be here. <laughs> this is extravagant and we cannot afford it. I will stomp <laughs> your sandcastle. Uh, so if you get a uh, like a toy soldier, you can have this bayonet stick up and then he'll uh, he'll hurt his foot. And that's how you make Mr. Paneer happy. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Mr. Paneer, you know. Uh, I think the most involved one is probably... Uh, Miss Gabberly. Yeah. Who is having a really actually bad time. Uh, it made me feel pretty bad for her. Uh, Duncan McBiscuit has just been like going in and out of the room she's in via slide, by the way. And he's been, every single time he sees her, he stops and goes, Hey, you're fat and old. And it's like not even... <laughs> A chirp it's not even like a little quip in the way that a lot of uh like mr gabberly would talk or a lot of sam and max characters would talk he's just straight up like hey i don't like the way you're fat and old and, <laughs> he's not uh, even clever about it he's not even clever he's he's pretty dumb about it uh and you need to <laughs> this puzzle really emphasizes to me how dumb wallace is because <laughs> Wallace can only comment on things around him. That's all he's able to do. <laughs> That's true. I did like this puzzle enough, though. I thought it was fun figuring out what goes to what saying. It is kind of trial and error. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's, like, the best puzzle in the world, but I had fun enough figuring it all out. Yeah, she'll say something like, and I'm so old, my brain's going, and then Wallace has to uh, look at a knife and... He'll say sharp as a tack. Sharp and as a knife. Sharp as a does he really say sharp as a knife? Yeah, because the he's knife at the is knife. as sharp as a knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the point. He looks at because he's responding to what she's saying. So he says, but he's not though. I mean, like he, he we're trying to make it seem like he is, but he's just yeah. commenting on stuff. Yeah, but he wouldn't say sharp as a tax. Ta- <laughs> he wouldn't say sharp as a tack when he's looking at the knife. The knife is as sharp as a tack. 
Well, no? do you disagree? No. I. Why would I just, he say I, the knife is as sharp as a knife? Every knife is as sharp as a knife. Because it's part of the puzzle. No, but he that, wouldn't say that. He he, <laughs> he wouldn't say that about a knife because he's re- he's talking about an, uh, the knife. He's not talking to Miss Scabberly. He's at the end of this. She's cheered up, and he's completely bewildered as to how any of that went went down. <laughs> I I don't know. I think you're giving Wallace a little uh, too little credit here. He, no, I mean, I, I'm look- trying to give him some credit because I think it would be giving him less credit if he looked at a knife and said "sharp as a knife." Well, let me ask you. That's riddle a, me this. That's a wildly first grade thing to say. <laughs> well, riddle me this, Mitch. Okay. How come when he when he looks at the <laughs> at the glass at the wine glass, he says uh, "clear as glass"? That is true. He does say that. Yeah, yeah. I think he, that's, maybe that's what he just, says about all of them. Maybe he is just quite dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> clear as glass. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. He's talking about a glass, so any any glass is clear as glass. Really, uh, it sort of self defines itself. I took it more as he is trying to help her out, but he doesn't know what to say. So you just have to look around at the things around. Him. He's not just commenting on the things in front of him. He's not just randomly I disagree. saying. I disagree because uh, when when Miss Gabberly is talking about Duncan, uh, mm-hmm. he's saying she's saying like, "Yeah, he really sucks." And then Wallace can look at a piece of stinky cheese and say, "That's a stinky cheese." <laughs> That is true. Yeah, so yeah. This <laughs> I guess maybe we don't actually have a firm understanding of what's really going on in the fiction of this puzzle. Yeah, we both got different impressions from it. Hmm. And we both and we both have maybe Wallace has a little more to him. We just can't get he's so multidimensional. We can't grasp what he's going He's for. such a complex character. Yeah, exactly. He he has many uh, layers to him, and we just have to uh, see how he goes about his life. So that's the the second body of the episode. The third bar- body. Once everyone's happy, uh, and by the way, I wrote in my notes why why is this my responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> like it it starts with everyone's unhappy, and then they're mad at Wallace and. Wallace is not smart, but Wallace also does not deserve this. <laughs> the, none of what's happening now seems to be related to what he is trying to do at all. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're talking about the who done it part of the episode. No, right? I'm Act talking three. about the, the the second body. The I'm not there yet. Oh, yeah, okay. just like well, no. The thing is, because he charged them all. He charged them, and then because Miss Gabberly is being bullied by Duncan, she's like, I want my money back, Wallace? (laughs) Well, yeah, she's not having a good time. It's Wallace's responsibility. He set up this resort. It is his responsibility. Wallace set up sand and water and sun and umbrella. Yeah, and he charged people to come in and have a good time. I think it's his responsibility to make sure they have a good time. I don't know. I don't I don't think I believe that this is Wallace's duty. I don't I don't think that Duncan stomping on Mr. Paneer's sandcastle is like, oh, "Wallace, you should have done better." 
I don't. <laughs> it is though. It is though because it his his, cust- his paying customers are upset. It's his responsibility to make sure they they paid to have a good time here today. It's like having security at any place you go to. If someone's like bothering someone and stepping on their sandcastles, you would be like, uh, "Security, this guy is uh, stepping on my silly little sandcastles. Can you do something?" And they're like, "Yes, we we'll take care of this." One of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits was when Adam Sandler was hosting, and he plays a tourist, uh, like a like a travel agent, mm-hmm. and he gets people on like hikes and stuff in Italy. And the whole premise of the the skit is just this this character that he's playing explaining, if you're a sad person at home. You, I can put you on a plane and bring you to a beach in Italy, but you will still be the same sad person there. I can take <laughs> you on a hike. I cannot make you enjoy hiking. <laughs> uh, and I feel like this is sort of the, the deal here. Like, if you're going to have a nervous breakdown because a weird Scottish guy calls you old, you need to understand that that's a bummer. And also not related to my sand and beach and umbrella setup that I have. And that's like the main thing I'm trying to show people here. I don't know. I, I think if he, if Wallace let them in for free, that would be one thing. Then people could just leave and Wallace would be like, well, okay, I'd let you come in and enjoy my basement full of sand. If you don't like it, you can go home. But I think they're entitled to a refund if they want it, if they're having a bad time and Wallace's... Uh, basement but they tried to have a good time and that's all they bought <laughs> that's all we can ever buy an attempt that i'm i mean that's true in life but... all we can do is give ourselves the opportunity to be happy and if we do all the right things and it doesn't come we didn't fall short the moment just didn't hit <laughs> <laughs> the hormones did not launch and hey why not why why not just accept that why not accept that maybe you don't hate this experience? Maybe you hate experiences. And if you're <laughs> not like able to take control of your destiny a little bit, you shouldn't tank this guy's career over it. And Wallace has decided for some reason that this is his career. D- well, no, because they are trying to have a good time. The thing is, they would have a good time, but you have someone mm. calling you fat and old and ugly. You have... S- <laughs> This same person destroying the sandcastles you're trying to build. It's not like they're just miserable people here who would have a bad time regardless. They're trying to have a good time. But the shit going on at this uh, resort is getting in the way, and they paid good money to have a good time. And if they're not having a good time, then I think they are entitled to a refund. It's it's not like... Uh, I, I doubt Wallace even charged them that much. I, I do think they're... This making, is his only job. He might have... <laughs> That's as true. we've well, seen from the first episode he just doesn't have any kind of uh passive income so he has to do all these wacky stuff in- to survive yeah he he seems like he always has something going on each time he had the honey business he has all his little inventions i think um i i don't know i Mitch, I feel like we're not going to come to an understanding on well, this. Well, let's role play this, okay? Okay, okay. So you are a hotel owner. Hello. Uh, don't try to Wallace and Gromit world this. Just like real world, maybe you, uh, you're 
not an owner. You're you're like the the cashier at the desk of uh, a Hilton or Marriott or whatever in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's a resort hotel. Okay. And I'm coming up to you. I, I'm the next in line. Hello, sir. Uh, welcome. I hope you're having a, a good good time today. Yeah, yeah. As it happens, I'm actually not. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, sir. What what seems to be getting in the way of your merry time today? My wife called me fat. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I'm so sorry. This is your fault. <laughs> I'll I'll uh I'll go call security and have them uh throw your wife out. You can't just throw her out. She paid for a ticket too. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um Is there anything I can do to help you have a good time? Should I come and tell your wife to stop calling you fat and ugly and stupid? Are you offering to talk down to my wife for if, me? If it would if it would solve your problem. What for problem you? do you think you're going to create with this? <laughs> it seems like you feel like you have a weird burden of responsibility in making everyone's like lives happy that have nothing to do with hotel maintenance that you'll go out of your way to tell off a man's wife in service of that man you don't even sir, know me sir it sounds like that maybe you and your wife just don't have the best relationship have you tried communicating a little better if that's true, would you say that's the hotel's fault? Um, I don't think it's the hotel's fault, but you made the choice to come here with your mean wife. So, and scene. You, <laughs> I feel like we've agreed it's not the hotel's fault. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's one thing if you, if you came here with a wife you knew would call you stupid. <laughs> this sounds like this isn't the first time this happened. Uh, it, Dustin, it is. <laughs> oh, that's weird. We've been totally fine before this. <laughs> well, you're also here with her. That sounds like a different issue. We've never fought. <laughs> so, would, we don't even have you, different opinions. Why are you fighting now? Is it, <sighs> is it something at the hotel that caused this? I saw a TV show about, like, a few guys living in an apartment, and they're all like college professors and they're smart and then there's like a like a sort of ditzy blonde girl who lives next door in the apartment building it's called mm. the big bang theory and i laughed really loud and she was like why on earth would you laugh at this that was Shut playing your mouth! On, stop laughing that was playing on your hotel television uh that's true but that was also a choice that you made to watch that show and it was not a choice to laugh the hardest I've ever laughed in my whole life. <laughs> uh, that was that was just an instantaneous reaction that I had. Well, sir, uh, I hate to say it, but I think uh, you brought this upon yourself. Okay, yeah. So, Dustin, you and I both agree the the people that are sad deserve it. <laughs> no, I we, because we these brought people it upon are... themselves. No, that's not the issue here. The people here are good people who want to have a good fun time. And they're not having a good fun time through no fault of their own. Here it sounds like you and your wife have had problems for a while. You chose to watch this show. We really haven't. It's the, this is the new wrinkle. I've never seen this Big Bang Theory before. Ha- it, have you thought about uh, seeing other people? <laughs> have you seen the show? I have. It's, oh, it's not my favorite, but you know, it's I know so some people funny. like it. 
I laughed harder than ever before. I'm the best laugher. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I feel like it's different when... I, I I can't quite put it into words, but this feels like a different situation. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll we'll have to agree to disagree. I'm I'm okay with that. I think that was ten minutes of the podcast, just sort of arguing about the ethics of happiness and who's like, if you pay for something, do you deserve to be happy because of it? Um, third body of the episode is Duncan McBiscuit gets clunked over the head oh no and is dragged away from where he stood and is buried in the sand in the basement pretty quickly (laughs) and now it's a whodunit yeah i i liked this turn i was not expecting a murder mystery uh murder in quotes uh but i'm all for it i thought it was fun i thought this was my favorite part of the episode yeah, it's so all over the place, this episode, with, like, w- what kind of things you're doing. So, at the beginning, you're uh, trying to s- just set up the scene, which is very classic adventure game. Probably the most traditional part of mm-hmm. get the umbrella, get the sun, get the sand, and you're good. And then it's, like, people management, and then it's a murder mystery. <laughs> I like it. I like how all over the place it is, because... I feel like that is one problem I had with the first episode is it is just so typical adventure gamey. And that's fine. I was kind of happy to do that after so long. But I feel like if you just did that for all of this episode, it wouldn't be interesting. And I like that this episode is trying to uh, mix things up a little bit. Yeah. um, I think a big part of what makes that interesting but still feels very like smaller than than a normal telltale game is how much of it just takes place in the house yeah um about a hundred percent you how do you feel about that because i know we've had episodes in the past where uh i forget if we liked or disliked when episodes take place like all just in one area well if it does it and it's a new area i like it um (laughs) but not when it's this house that you've already been to you've already explored all these rooms in the first episode yeah in the first episode we pretty exhaustively explore the house and frankly you can do more interesting things with it Mm um like the flipping uh pool outside the house that leads into the basement that's more interesting the in the first episode Mm -hmm. the um you get to see the living room you get to see the living room yeah, but, like, in the first episode, there was a much greater use for the flipping bed that leads to the trap door. Um, yeah. Which is straight out of the original shorts and is tailor-built for, um, for like, adventure game stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, I've, I wonder if they saw that trap door, Telltale saw that trap door, and they're like, yeah, we could do this. <laughs> that was the, uh, that, that was Leave the it to defining... Us moment that they're like oh yeah like an adventure game i get it (laughs) we gotta get this license (laughs) um yeah and so like all of those wacky invention inventions that wallace makes are not really used as much in this episode um so sort of like i i think those inventions and those uh what rube goldberg machines that mm-hmm. Wallace makes, those are kind of like the reason Wallace and Gromit was ever interesting. 
<laughs> right? Like wow. that that's the fun of it. That's the fun of um you tap an egg and then it goes and it talks to someone. <laughs> <laughs> it goes and talks to someone. <laughs> you know when you tap it. <laughs> You know, when you tap an yeah, egg and it goes and it talks to someone and then that person does another thing and then that's the chain of events. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's a long way to go to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I mean, that's what you want to see in these. I, I feel am I am I wrong for thinking that about Wallace? No, and no. I mean, I I think it just comes down to. Uh, if that's what you like or if you like the characters or or what. Because I do like Wallace and Gromit. I like just seeing what they do in these episodes. But the inventions are a big part of it, too. Um, so you think they should have tried to incorporate the inventions a little more is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, there's one invention in this episode that sort of is the, the centerpiece of the third body, which is the, the murder mystery, which is Wallace's... I don't even know how to describe it because in it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't do the thing it's supposed to do. What it's supposed it to do, do anything. It's supposed to be a helmet that Wallace puts on that activates the latent parts of his brain so he can think with his entire head or whatever. And, <laughs> and uh his entire head. Yeah, and obviously that doesn't work because he's trying to solve the mystery so he's like if I could only just think more. I should be able to solve the mystery. Uh, it doesn't work, and Gromit just kind of has to go and solve it on his own. You know what? Something I did like better in this episode is uh, how Gromit works. Because there's all these other characters throughout the house, anytime you're like looking at something... Well, not anytime. A lot of the time, you don't get anything. But because there's other people around, even when Gromit's looking at something, you'll get the other character saying something about it. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, not every time, but I do feel like it works better. It's yeah, it's better. You get more of a, a feeling of community with Gromit mm-hmm. as well. It's like instead of being a character, you're kind of being a town reacting to one dog. Yeah. Um so so that's <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um I liked this part of the episode. It's not, you know, anything out of this world puzzle-wise. But I like that it went in this weird direction. And I thought the puzzles were uh, interesting enough. Yeah, you need to find the why, the motive, the weapon, and the witness. The weapon was the gong mallet, uh, which Wallace has for his gong. You know. Uh, (laughs) His classic gong. Classic gong moments with Wallace. Uh, The why is because Duncan McBiscuit stole the dog's squeaky toy because he's just being an asshole and wanted to do that. Um, And the witness is Major Crumb who saw Duncan be dragged away by the dogs. So we find out it's the dogs and we're able to prove it with those three things. Uh, And that's the end of that segment. At that point, the dogs get super upset. (laughs) Uh, just, Just throwing hissy fits at the wall. And, uh... I, I don't even know how to characterize this uh, this turn of events here, but somehow at the end of it, uh, Wallace and the two dogs end up on an upside-down umbrella floating around in the water in the basement. The water in the basement is quickly draining out of the drain. And 
there's the squeaky toy the dogs want is like on the top which is now the bottom or or on the bottom which is now the top of the umbrella stick so it's like too high up for them to get yeah and then gromit is also there (laughs) gromit (laughs) is also in like a flotation device and he's paddling around with a little shovel yeah yeah how do you feel about this last segment i like it i thought it was actually one of the stronger parts Mm-hmm. Um, yeah i like it. it it's very fast uh it i think all of the things that have happened in the episode so far have primed this moment which is nice uh there's a machine nearby in the basement that makes it like a squeaky sound when operated and you know this because you've had to like deal with this before in puzzles but you know that it makes the same exact sound that the squeaky toy makes mm-hmm. so you're able to operate it during this time to distract the dogs, and, like, that's a cool thing. And at the very beginning of the episode, you used a... Uh, it looked like a fire extinguisher, but also it lights itself on fire. Um, <laughs> so it's a bad one. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of what you want. Yeah, you can use that as a propelling... Oh, no, it's rocket fuel. That's why... Is it rocket fuel? But it's in yeah, it's... the same exact shape and color of canister as uh, a fire extinguisher? Yes, exactly. He, he, uh, Wallace mentions at the beginning, that's the rocket fuel from our trip to the moon. Man, why can't we go to the moon in this? I, <laughs> why can't we fight like a killer penguin and go to the moon? I feel like the those things... Because it's already been done. Yeah, but those are so much bigger than this. And this is... <laughs> like it, They've called it Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures, and they've turned it down. They've turned the volume on what Wallace and Gromit do down so much. And I think that is a sticking point for me. Uh, I feel that. Because it really is just like a calm old British guy and his dog. (laughs) And sometimes they do some sort of silly stuff. I thought this episode was at least a little better at it than the first one, though. with uh, Especially the beginning and ending scenes. That's true. That's true. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I really like it's, that ending scene, actually. Yeah, it, it feels bigger even if it is still a smaller story. Um, that's. I feel like that's part of why I prefer this episode over the first one. That in The whole episode just feels a lot more memorable, uh, what you're doing. Um, like the whodunit part. Even just making sure like all of the guests are happy, that's not i mean those are just kind of your typical adventure game puzzles but that context is not really something i've seen in one of these yeah i i think that's nice like just going around making sure each person has accomplished a goal and mm-hmm. some of them are freebies and that's fine yeah some are freebies but the freebies still play into uh, helping out all the other people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so at the end of the episode you're able to knock the squeaky toy into the drain and uh, Twinkie Wee and Poojie Woo <laughs> <laughs> jump into the drain after the toy and it's it's slow motion and they seem very distraught about it and then they're just sucked into the drain um, yeah who cares where they went well it I think it's, it's less about where they went for me and more about how many gallons of water of force are now on top of them because they're all like the whole body of water is pushing into the drain. Uh-huh. 
So that's got to be pretty shitty. <laughs> did, they, did these dogs survive? Uh, they do. They do survive. Good. I what I forget. Does it show them after? It does. So it somehow the drain to the basement in Wallace's house empties out into the toilet of the the prison. Oh right. So the dogs come out of the toilet and then they're in prison. Where they belong. Where they where we've been conditioned to believe these dogs belong. <laughs> I mean, if the mouse robot was a prisoner in this town, I believe these dogs would go to prison for sure. Oh, definitely. Especially since they look like uh, the the bandits that were drawn on the piece of pic- the piece of paper. That was my favorite part. That was that was one of my favorite parts too. Um, in fact, why don't we go into our segments? I would love to go into our segments. Um, speaking of what you were just talking about, potent pickup, my favorite item in the game is the drawing that Constable Dibbins makes based on the description given by Major Crumb of what he saw. Same. (laughs) Part of that is because really none of the other items you pick up in this episode really make that much of an impression. They're just kind of used for their puzzles and that's it. But this one was funny. Yeah, uh, so he's describing spies from the southern seas. uh, And it just turns out to be the dogs wearing like a sailor hat. Yeah. (laughs) And like the scarves with the anchor tattoos. Yeah, he he thought they were tattoos and it's just like a nautical-themed Afghan. Yeah. Can uh, I say, on the on the topic of um, drawings and artwork in this game, I really love any time we get to see just, like, a picture of something in this game because it's very interesting seeing these uh, claymation characters done in a different sort of style. Yeah. And it looks really good. Yeah. I really like, like the painting in their dining room of Wallace and Gromit fishing. I think that looks cool. Uh, that... Uh, muscle growth ad with the guy with the big Ardman smile. Uh, it's neat. All the or, magazine or like the fashion, covers. Yeah, the fashion magazines. Yeah, they're cool. Um, Weekly Guy. I mean, <laughs> I think we know who. Duncan McBiscuit rocks. Yeah, <laughs> he's a real Chad. His name is Duncan McBiscuit. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a good name. It is. And, like, this guy's an asshole. I feel like he's the weekly guy in the same way Tycho might be a weekly guy, just because he sucks, but he's funny about it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, he's he's a villainous character. He's someone that you want to hate. And I think the game is trying to maybe set up an expectation of some sort of love triangle with Wallace and Felicity and maybe Duncan McBiscuit, even though Wallace has given um, no attempt at this <laughs> uh, felicity seems like she's into wallace but wallace but does not, not do anything but not for duncan it. it feels like uh a love triangle where uh they go one way and wallace i don't think is into either of them it's a it's a love waterfall <laughs> yeah <laughs> where duncan likes felicity felicity sort of likes wallace and wallace is Probably completely asexual. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Um, based on He's what we've seen in, of him so far. He likes his cheese. He likes his cheese. That could be that's sexual. That's all he needs. Yeah. I, I mean, who am I to judge? 
golden moment. Mm, what do I have down for my golden moment? I just put the whole uh, third act with the whodunit part. I thought that was uh, fun. I thought it was a nice... Ha- has there been a whodunit in a Telltale game? I mean, I know Sam and Max like solve mysteries and crimes, but this was a whole... like This felt like it was meant to be like a murder mystery. Well, there's a lot more serious style uncovering of mysteries and like what happened in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, oh, and like obviously all of The Wolf Among Us. Oh, yeah, that's is a true. Mystery. That's true. But this felt like a very traditional like, oh, we're all here in the same room. One of us is the the conquer. Yeah, oh, you know what? Um Moai Better Blues. Um when you find out that it was your fish the whole time. Oh, yeah. I guess that still feels different, though. I, I wouldn't necessarily... That doesn't feel like the same sort of thing to me. That That's just figuring out who the villain of the episode is. <laughs> Dustin, we played 10 CSI cases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has that's, there ever that's... been a murder mystery in a Telltale game? <laughs> <laughs> nope, I don't think so. <laughs> we played so much CSI, and it I, like, I brought up Maui Better Blues first. <laughs> We played so yeah. much CSI. Here's here's a question for you, Mitch. This is getting a little off topic, but we have said Moai Better Blues is the is the worst Sam and Max episode. Would you say it's still better than like all of the CSI episodes? That's tough. Um, I want to say no, but I'm... I I want to say yes, just because I vastly prefer the world and characters of Sam and Max. Um, the first episode, the first case of the second game we of Hard Evidence. That wasn't bad. The one with the lesbian couple and what's his name, Freeman. <laughs> I don't even remember his name. His, but it was Freeman. Like he he changed yeah. his name to Freeman. It wasn't that before. Yeah. Um, that that episode I liked. Um, it seemed to have more of a punch to it. Oh, and come on, the band episode? Yeah, how could I forget? I like elements of those a lot more than anything in Moai Better Blues. I think that's fair to say. Um, it would only be those two. <laughs> it would only be those two <laughs> episodes. Marty oh, Party? And I'll ne- yeah, Marty Party, come on. Uh, Boogie Feet? <laughs> Boogie feet. Uh, I never would have guessed these guys would come back up and Wallace and Gromit. And remember the guy who uh, who who paid for a baby. <laughs> That's right. In episode two. Yeah, and he called. It caused all sorts of murders because they just weren't talking to each other. They just needed to learn to communicate. Communication a was rough. Yeah, those first three episodes of Hard Evidence actually all might be higher for me than Moai Better Blues. Not okay. in every way, though. Um, mm-hmm. I think the playing, like, the, the UI, the way that you navigate around the world, the way you use objects, the things you do, all of that stuff is better in Sam and Max, just by the nature of Sam and Max being a more sound game, mm-hmm. like Bedrock, than CSI. Yeah. But it is the least interesting Sam and Max episode. Oh, it's it's easily the worst one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's it's not even a competition. The worst it's the worst out of all three seasons. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's why the murder mystery is my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my my golden moment in this episode is when the dogs jump down the drain because you can see in their faces that they view this squeaky toy going down the drain as an incredibly serious affair. No! Yeah, they're they're like mouthing the word no. Yeah, it goes like all slow motion. Yeah, that's that's my golden moment. That's a good one. Yeah, and those are our segments, so I guess that's the show. Yeah, this episode still isn't like the most amazing thing Telltale put out, but I enjoyed it well enough. I liked where it went. So, what do you what do you think? Uh, oh, um, <clears throat> after the credits roll, you get a little sneak peek of the next episode, where a character whose name appears to be Monty Muzzle <laughs> goes around putting out. Uh, he's just doing a creepy whistle, like a a creepy Kill Bill <laughs> whistle, and he's giving out flyers that say save the dogs mm-hmm. and he's he's doing a fundraiser to save the dogs and they've somehow framed this as a very creepy bad thing <laughs> uh, doing like a <laughs> the charity villain. a charity fundraiser to save the dogs is like oh dude gross <laughs> this guy's bad news uh so that'll set up episode three i am interested in seeing where it goes i like that this episode took some turns uh and i wonder if they can keep that up I'm just excited about the introduction of a character like Monty Muzzle in this way because um, they've really, just in, in the music of what he's doing, the the choreography of how he's walking and everything, they make him seem like a centerpiece villain in the way that no other character in this game so far has even felt, not just that villainous, but like that important even. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited to revisit that episode. I kind of don't remember how I felt about Monty Muzzle when I played the game the first time, but I uh, we'll we'll see it again, I guess. Interest, and it's also a new character at all. This episode we didn't. I guess we got the dogs. Yeah. Oh no, we got we got Duncan, of course. So we got a few new characters this time, but it yeah. was mostly the returning ones. We got the dogs and Duncan. Yeah, I think that's it. I guess that's good enough. It's fine. Yeah. He's all right. <laughs> we don't have to make a big deal out of it. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what the next episode is called offhand. Do you? Um, no. Okay. So we'll talk to you next time on Telling the Tale, where we talk about Wallace and Gromit's Grand Adventures Episode 3, whatever it may be called. I hope we have a Gouda time. Cheese.